Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Piller. Today, the NHL is a giant step closer to returning. The league and players association have agreed on protocols for stage three and four. We'll give you the lowdown on all of that. The Sens have so much depth in between the pipes. So we asked you guys on Twitter, at Sens Central, to organize for them. Who has the most potential? We'll get into our list and the Sens Central draft rankings number Five. Maybe the smartest player in the draft. Nasty pair of hands, too. We'll tell you who it is. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Wednesday, July 8th. Hilsey, we've seen some informal skates going on. We'll get into the draft prospects who are also gearing up to get back onto the ice. But in the National Hockey League, the dates are set. The return to play, July 13th, that's next Monday. If you're scoring at home, the start of formal training camps, that brings me so much joy. We are so close to getting our beloved game of hockey back. It's been months of being deprived from any sort of hockey at all, no matter what leagues you're into, no matter whether it's local, uh, international, pro, whatever, no hockey whatsoever. But if things do return to play like they're planning, and fingers crossed it'll all work out, the daily hockey schedule is just going to be ridiculous. Like We saw that tweet come out uh, putting out the daily schedule 12 p.m. Eastern in Toronto, 2 p.m. Eastern in Edmonton, 4 p.m. Eastern in Toronto, 6 p.m. Eastern in Edmonton, 8 p.m. Eastern in Toronto, and then 10 p.m. Eastern in Edmonton. So just hockey from noon to midnight, basically, all day long. I know if you're one of the people that still is stuck in quarantine because you're not back to work yet, depending on what job you have, you're going to be watching hockey all day, and I'll be right there with you. Oh, well, we... Ever And it seems like they're going to try to speed things up at least for the first couple rounds and finish these best of five series in nine or ten days. That means uh, two, one game every two days, maybe even some back-to-backs in there um, because there is no travel. And that's really the main reason why these teams um, are able to play a bit more often. And another thing is it's going to be a long time if they advance. So what they're going to do for families is they're going to be allowed to join for the conference finals and Stanley Cup finals. Now, that will all happen in Edmonton. So Toronto will just be used as the first hub for the Eastern Conference. And then once we get to the final four, it will all move to Alberta. And at that point, the players' families will be able to come join them. So it's going to be about five weeks away from their families. But I mean, for the money they're making, and let's be realistic, how many hockey players go overseas or leave their family for the whole season um, to play the game and and make a living also ultimately what they're doing. And for us at home, this is going to be great. And for the Locked On Senators podcast, we're going to be following along the playoffs, breaking it all down from a bit of a sense perspective. We'll be keeping tabs of our on our sends abroad because there are a number of players who wore that century and who are going to be going for the Stanley Cup. I, who do you think has the best odds? It, probably Mark Stone in um, in Vegas. I think Vegas is probably one of my favorites. Kind of throwing you on the spot here. Maybe, uh, I mean, Leonard's also in Vegas. Who else is uh, are the Sens abroad that we're going to be keeping an eye out for? Well, I think uh, one that a lot of people forget about, 
Vladimir Mestikov going to Colorado. I like that Colorado team a lot. I mean, that is a stacked team. Kale McCarr, just an absolute beast on the back end. And I think they're pretty much healthy now, right? I think they had a couple injury problems. Kadri was still injured. He's got to be healthy by now. Ranton um, too. Yeah. Um, where, where's he at? Is he is he healthy or should he be? Yeah, he's ready to come back. And I think the biggest, if we're talking injuries coming back, how about Stamkos, who was looking like yeah. he was going to be out for the year? What a boost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um I mean, all over um, the Eastern Conference, I think they're probably the favorite. You have to think a team with that much talent, they're going to win eventually. And building off of that setback last season, Lightning would be a team for me in the East. And yeah, between Vegas, Colorado's another good one with Nemestikov too. Um, and how about Tyler Ennis getting a chance to go to Edmonton? Um Playing with he was right there on a line with McDavid when the season got put on pause. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not so. Uh, I don't have faith in Edmonton to go all the way just yet. I think they still they haven't quite pieced it together. I think Ken Holland is definitely making some good moves. I think uh, Fantasy U and Ennis were some really good uh, deadline pickups, but that's still not a complete team in my eyes. And I think they're going to have a hard time in the West uh, once once they get past that playing round. Who are they playing in the pay, playing round? Winnipeg. They have the Chicago Blackhawks. Right. That There could be an upset there. Like, that's not the craziest thing. If Corey Crawford can uh, hold it together and Patty Kane gets hot, look out. And if there's a guy who can shut down McDavid, and I, I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek because who's going to shut him down, but slow him down in a five-game series, Jonathan Taves right up there with Patrice Bergeron is the two guys who would be my choice. Maybe Sid also in that one. Other guys that Sens fans can keep their eye on is Ryan Dezingle down in Carolina. They have a tough matchup, though, against the Rangers. If, he pl- got- if he's not a healthy scratch, geez. Fair. Matthew Shane in Nashville. Um, they're going to be taking on the Minnesota Wild, which might be one of the more series that goes under the radar. That's and then, of course, series. well, Sens fans are going to be most intrigued by Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Derek Broussard in the island, mostly because, of course, that pick will go to Ottawa unless the, they lose and then the 12.5%. But that is way too much math for us right now. We're just happy. Hockey is back, and you'll get all your playoff updates right here on the Locked On Senators podcast. And another guy who's on the hunt for Lord Stanley, and he's been close before. He was the starter in Tampa when they made the finals in 2015, but when you move on from older goalies, you get younger ones in the pipeline. The Sens have plenty of that. Before we break down how we rank the Sens goalie prospect system, we got to tell you about rockauto.com. You know it's a family business. You know they serve auto parts, and you know they've been doing it in this industry for over 20 years. Yeah, so they have earned this reputation of being the best because they have everything you need if you need engine they've got that for you if you need control modules and brake parts even tail lamps motor oil or new carpet and if it's for your classic drive your daily drive anything you need it's just a few easy clicks away and especially if you're ordering an engine i think it's more important but with anything they're going to deliver it right to your door and you can choose the prices specifications, and brands you prefer. Best of all, rockauto.com is always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. The real question here, why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I know I wouldn't. Pillsy's smarter than that. That's why we go to rockauto.com, and you can too, right now, and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. All we ask is that you put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they'll know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. 
All right, Pilsy. We had some fun with this one on Twitter at Send Central because the lists were so inconsistent, and that makes for great debate. How would you rank the Sens goalie depth chart in, let's say, two years from now? How do you think that shakes out? Because I think you and I, our biggest discrepancy is Anders Nielsen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've got both our lists here that we tweeted out. So if we're going to stay true to that, uh, I'll go with that. My my list is, I think I still think Sogard is is the number one guy. I mean, Just 19- draft status type thing? Well, not even that. I just feel he had a like tough year. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely did have a down year um, based off his previous season. But when you've got a guy that's six foot seven, nineteen years old, a second round draft pick that you traded up for, I gotta think there's a lot more coming from a guy like Mad Sogard. I just don't think any of the other goalies kind of have his pedigree at such a young age. Like he has so much time to, I was going to say grow. I don't mean physically grow. If he grows anymore, we might have a problem finding equipment for him, but I think he's going to develop into a better goalie. So he's my number one. We've got Hogberg at number two for me, just because I think he's, he's just so much more ahead of the other guys already that in a couple of years, he should maintain uh, that development. And I think Hogberg is going to make a really good backup goalie in the NHL. I don't think he quite has what it takes to be a number one. And that's fine. You know, look at the market for backup goalies uh, in today's NHL. It's a really valuable, valuable asset to have. Then number three, our guy, Joey, I think, we, as two goalies, we can kind of have an eye for goalies and we can see when goalies are uh, well positionally, uh, they, they're focused, all that kind of stuff. And Joey comes from a background of goaltending school. So he is just precise. And I think with time, he's going to get there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of gets uh, handled in the shuffle of all these goalies, being a seventh round pick and being a guy that most of us thought was going to spend most of the season in Brampton last year. So Decord's my number three. Gustafson, I still got on number four. I know you're lower on Gustafson, but I just want to give the kid a little more time. Then we've got another one of the friend of the shows, Mandelise. I think he had a really good year last year and uh, another big, big size goalie. So he's got some time. And then Anders Nielsen coming in at the bottom because he's kind of he's been a story. Uh, story journeyman in his career and I I don't think he's going to get any better. I think where he is now is probably the the peak of his skill and that's fine for what the Senators need right now but I think almost all these goalies are uh, projected to have uh, a little bit better of a early mid-20s career than Anders Nielsen had and I think at age 30, you're probably you've seen your best days as a as a journeyman backup goalie. So that's why he gets on the bottom of my list there. Okay, well I'm gonna start with Anders Nielsen because I have him at two, right behind Joey Decord, and I'll get into why Joey's atop the list afterwards. But with Anders Nielsen, you you say 30. That's the the age that Craig Anderson was also a journeyman when the Sens acquired him. So sometimes you just need a chance. And if you're Anders Nielsen, you've played for six different NHL teams. Six different teams. And he's played more games with the Ottawa Senators than anywhere else. And it's only 44. So he's just been bouncing around, never able that's to get right. comfortable. He hasn't had a starting job. I think that's where it's a little different than Anderson in that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, exactly. But you look at it from the other standpoint where he's never been able to get comfortable in between the pipes because he knows sure. he's going to have to get a new set of pads with a different color scheme in 10 minutes when he gets moved. So I think that him being able to consistently play more and health is a big factor as well. Only playing 20 games this year when you could have penciled him in for 40 to 50 if he had been able to stay healthy. But 
It's not like concussions you could ever see coming. It's not like a uh, an injury that, that continues to stay bad, like maybe like Alfie's back towards the end of his career or something chronic. It's, it's just a, a fluke incident. It sucks that it happened, but... It, you just look at the amount of good, solid efforts that he was able to put in a row, especially right when he came over from Vancouver last season. And the Sens were a mess. Like he was their only goalie with an over 900 save percentage last season, not the one that's been postponed or I guess now over, but the year where he was acquired. And he came in with a 914 save percentage, which is shocking to me. And he was standing on his head, facing 40 to 50 shots every night. So I just think that Anders Nielsen could have two, three, maybe even four more solid years, uh, health allowing. And then moving on to number one. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Before we move on. Yeah. If, if that happens to a point where you think he's getting better and better, then if you're the Sens, do you not try to trade him and then make room for more of your goalie prospects to develop? Or you think if he gets a little better and can be a number one goalie, he's their guy? I think you ride him for at least three or four more years if that's the okay. case. Just like, but in, in that case, you wouldn't have a guy like Robin Leonard or anyone from the free agent market coming in. Like Craig, Craig said, you need. There are a lot of goalies, and that's why what made this exercise so fun. But they take time to develop. And I love the Washington example used with Samsonov in 2015. You're finally starting to see the fruit of that labor, and now they can move on from Braden Holtby and what you would expect him to command maybe $8 million, I would say, a Stanley Cup champion, where on the back half of that contract, it's not going to be good. But now you stay young there, and now they can continue to isolate Ovechkin with other pieces as skaters. And, you know, I just think it's such a, a solid move to to not have to go out and get somebody if you already have it in. You're, you're trying to plug a hole that might not necessarily be filled. So... Um, I think this is a big offseason for Anders Nielsen. I think he will get the opportunity to be the opening day starter in the 2021 season whenever that occurs. So it, it's up to him to to continue to ride with it. I think that he's going to get every opportunity. Say what you want about going out with a free agent signing. I don't think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be Nielsen so and Hogberg. Yeah. Nielsen and Hogberg in the NHL. It's going to be Decord and Gustin in the AHL. And Mandalise is going to be much like Dak this past year and have yep. to earn his ice time in the American Hockey League. And I think that's a fine setup. I think that they should stay at that. But to get back to my list, and uh, number one being Decord, we talked about just the focus, the determination. Uh, this guy's always watching video if he's not cutting together his own highlight packs. He is just locked in as a goalie and having his dad as a sounding board who's been an NHL goalie coach for his entire life, it, it can only mean good things. And let's not gloss over the natural ability that Dak has. He, he came into to pro hockey and had a pretty tough uh, welcome to the NHL, welcome to pro hockey moment, playing with that skeleton of a Senators team at the end of the 2016 or sorry, 2018-19 season where he led in the five goals in Buffalo and Jack Eichel was just on a tear. I mean, when is he not against the Senators? But then he comes into his first full season and like there were some up and downs in Brampton. That that is a Absolutely. league where that's a league where the puck is flying all over the place, rebounds, backdoor plays, like not as much structure defensively, to say the least. And yeah, like he wasn't the clear-cut starter in Brampton. Like they were kind of um, his name's escaping me. Dubow, yeah. Um, they were kind of back and forth with games, kind of riding whoever was hot. But it was not a clear decision that Joey was the number one guy. And if it wasn't for injuries, he may not have gotten that shot in Belva, which is crazy to think of now. 
Yeah, exactly. And not only did he get a shot, he ends up playing 24 games for the Belleville Senators. 15, 6, and 3 record, a 261 goals against, or a 261 goals against, yeah, 915 save percentage. And he tied with Gustafson for the most games, right? Hogberg played 15 and ultimately got called up. They had Dubot played three uh, in an emergency situation. But Dak. Being tied for the team lead is such a positive for his development because he's one of those goalies who might not need five more years, maybe two or three, as an already 23-year-old goalie. So the best is far from yet to be done or seen with uh, Joey Decord. Now, in my list, I actually forgot Mad Sogard, out of sight, out of mind in the WHL, but he would slide in between Nielsen and Hogberg for me. Hogberg, you mentioned, he is he cemented himself, I think, as an NHL goalie, or maybe not cement, but... He wrote it in pen, okay? So um, from that standpoint, I think that he's earned his spot in, in the top half of this list. And then I'm getting into Mandalise where it's more of an unknown. We don't know how this game is going to translate into the pro level, although how can you complain about a guy who just won goalie of the year in the Quebec League? So from, from that, it looks good. He got his contract. Let's see where he goes with that. Another big body, six foot four, and uh, he's got an eye for the game. He's in that little bromance uh, group chat with all the other prospects. And then coming in last for me is Gustafson, and maybe I'm too hard on him based on his age. You got to remember, he's younger than um, than Joey Decord, and he has two seasons of AHL action under his belt. And it, even if you include after he got traded, he came over after his Swedish season ended. He got a couple games in. There's just like there's just a lack of confidence that I see in his game, and it it worries me long term. How do you feel about that? Because we've both seen him where he looks good, where he's deflecting the puck into the corner, but he doesn't exactly exude confidence when I watch him. And you know what I think it is, Ross? I think it's, well, I'm, I don't know this. This is my opinion. Um, I think maybe he he kind of expected things to go a little easier and that it was going to be an easier path for him. And I think maybe he got knocked down a little and it was hard for him to get back up, especially, um, I forget if it was this season or the season before, but when Hogwart was injured pretty much up until Christmas, um, got, they just had to throw Gustafson in there. They didn't have a choice, right? And so he wasn't really getting the kind of, like red carpet rolled out for him that he probably thought he would have when he was the big piece of that Broussard trade. And I think now you see he's surrounded by other goalies that are kind of uh, leapfrogging him in the uh, the hierarchy of goalies. And I think that's tough on him. So it's going to be, it's going to be definitely, I think more of a mental thing than physical. Like, like you said, we've seen when Gustafson is on, he's a really good goalie, but the problem is, and uh, I think you do a really good job of this too, is in the warmups, you can just be like, Gus doesn't have it tonight. And you can tell two minutes in that he doesn't have it and the weak ones are slipping by. And then instead of, uh, you know, shaking it off and bouncing back, he kind of slips lower into that low confidence feeling. So I think if you give Gus some more time, maybe uh, help help with the coaching, helping on his mental side, which I think uh, we we heard is definitely something he has been working on. I think he's going to be better. So I just don't want to rush to conclusions, but it's tough when he's getting slowly and slowly and slowly squeezed out of the picture here. Hey, how impressive is it offensively speaking for the Belleville Senators? This season, Philip Gustafson in 24 games had an 889 save percentage. 889? But he won 15 out of his 24 starts. 
Yeah, Gustafson was a lot better at the end of the season. I'll he definitely was. give him that. A lot better. Uh, I think that's when, yeah, you saw Hogberg up in the NHL, and and it was a battle between him and Dak, and he said, you know what, this should, I have the upper hand here. I've already played here. I'm the higher draft pick, blah, 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 whatever you want to put in your head. But he should have had the upper hand there, and I think he started battling much more than he did when him and Hogberg were sharing the crease. So. Four one I, I, and one in his last six starts. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the t- the team was rolling also at that time, but still, I think uh, the end of the season for Gustafson, it's it's showing good light for sure. Except the only problem is in two of those games, one was a win, one was an overtime loss. He uh, allowed a combined eleven goals on forty eight shots. So, um, I mean, it was an up and down year. That that's all you can say. We can't all be rose and butterflies, but every single prospect, we we got to call it like we see it. And Gustafson, I think there is more potential and how about the the fact that the Broussard w- was like the first guy shipped out of town for a prospect I think it was right around the same time of the of the FNUF trade it was the beginning of the exodus so Definitely. I think Sens fans yeah sure the first round pick which ended up being JBD anti-conic because they traded back a little bit that that ends up being the the main piece but Sens fans they wanted like a, a prospect to hold on to as everything surrounding the team was just going into shambles. And he was really the first piece in the rebuild to come back for one of the, the longer term pieces. You remember James Duthie interviewed him in between periods at the, at the NHL arena when he came over from, from Sweden, like you mentioned the red carpet, it was rolled out for him initially. I think that it's just now he's got to, now he's got to have his end of the bargain where like, let's, let's see what you got. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I was trying to say. So it's, it's interesting there for sure. And remember when um, the Broussard trade was in the works and we knew the Penguins were one of the top contenders. Back in Tristan our Sun Yari, Central days, right? we were looking at Tristan Yari and Casey DeSmith as the we guy. We, we should get hired as pro scouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, goalie scouts for sure. Um, but those were the guys we were looking at. We didn't even really think of Gustafson. And then I remember when we got Gustafson, we all thought that was a win over guys like Yari and DeSmith because we're like, this guy's younger. Um, he was you a big just part started of the World Junior. Yeah, exactly. So we were we were laughing. We thought this is great, and we got a first round pick somehow. So definitely um, more time to come for Gustafson. But uh, we're glad everyone posted their goalie rankings. Like Ross said, it was interesting to see the the diversity. Some people had Sogard last, even like it's it's really interesting with goalies how they're going to play out. But all we got to do is wait. And the crazy thing is, if the Sens do somehow manage to get Yaroslav Askarov, he is going to number one so quickly on so that quick. list that, you know what, it almost makes you think. In our top five, you already were able to listen to that one as well. We've been breaking down the top 50, so feel free to go back and listen to any. We've got the name of who we break down in each title, so if you're curious about a prospect, go and, and find out our scouting reports, and we're into our top five, and it is a offensive weapon. Will he be a center or a wing? I'm going to ask you that soon. But first, I want your initial impressions when you watch Cole Perfetti of the Saginaw Spirit play. The very first thing I saw, and uh, no, do not do the Kakanami sick vision. We're not going to do that. But Cole Perfetti has amazing vision. So I'll do one step above sick vision. And like, you you don't get 74 assists in 61 games without amazing vision and being an incredible passer uh he's got a good release i feel like cole perfetti this is a guy you can slot on your top line and top power play for 
for years to come. You know, like just if if you can sign him to a long year, uh, long term deal, he he's your he's your guy on your top line, top power play for for a long time. He's got 111 points this season, second in the Not entire. Bad. Ontario Hockey League. And how about that? When's the last time that first and second in the entire OHL were both draft eligible players? You'll remember our last mm-hmm. episode, we broke down Marco Rossi, his 120 points are first, but you look and sure. He's got great vision. 74 assists certainly speaks to that, but he's also put up back to back 37 goal seasons. And you think maybe his playmaking ability could be better used at the wing position, but he played center his entire junior career. Do you see him being a permanent winger, left winger? He shoots left at the National Hockey League level. Absolutely. And Ross, we talked about this off the air. I thought he was a winger this whole time. Uh, the whole time I've been watching highlights and reading about him, he seems like a winger. And I don't think his two-way game is uh, very good. And I feel like He's more of a guy that could benefit from just focusing more on offense, kind of like a bunch of other guys we talked about, Jack Quinn, uh, Holtz, a lot of these guys that are getting pounded for their defensive play. Just focus on offense. And I see this guy as an elite playmaker because he does a really good job of drawing defenders towards him and then finding that open guy. And the poise that he has with the puck, he's so calm with the puck that I just think you're better off having him um, on the wing rather than worrying about floating around and uh, worrying about back-checking and stuff like that. Just have him focus on breaking the puck out and passing that puck to uh, teammates that can snipe it. I think if the Sens were to draft him, man, would he look good on the line with Anthony DeClaire, just feeding him the puck and then quick goals. Um, But he might have a hard time keeping up with DeClaire because I would say personally his skating is the biggest knock. He's definitely not a fast skater. I would say he's an okay skater, which he has time to develop. And guys with hockey IQ, they can often find a way to uh, work smarter, not harder when it comes to their skating. So I think that's an example of what Cole Perfetti might do. And that high hockey sense really impressed Craig Button. Um, we didn't mention it on the show, but he's been doing uh, report cards out of five in a different number of attributes. Two players have ever gotten six out of five. Connor McDavid's skating and Cole Perfetti's hockey IQ. So wow. talk about talk about some high praise from, from TSN's director of scouting. You have to be impressed when you hear that um, from, from his standpoint. So Cole Perfetti, definitely a guy who we could see fitting in either at that three or five spot. If the Senators took him at three, would you consider that ridiculous? I think so. And not because he's not um, a caliber of player that could be a third overall pick. Just, I think, the the prospects in uh, Stutzla slash Byfield, whoever L.A. doesn't take, and then Marco Rossi, uh, J- Jamie Drysdale, uh, so you Lucas think Raymond. Four, four is probably the, the, the highest that we could see him go off the board to the, um, to the Detroit Red Wings. I'd even be surprised if they took him at four. I can see him more sliding. And again, this is not a knock on his skill. Not at all. Um, I can see him sliding to six and seven, depending on who people like better between kind of him, Holtz, and uh, Rossi, right? Well, let's get into the rankings then. If you haven't been a part of the Send Central draft ranking so far, we have five. We picked five draft rankings, the guys we respect the most, Bob McKenzie, Scott Wheeler, Corey Pronman, Craig Robinson, or sorry, Cam Robinson and Craig Button. And then we take the average of all of those. So it's as high as Button and Wheeler have them at four and Robinson has them at nine, but averaged out with the five of them, 5.4. 
as the ranking. So we're right on with the with the experts in in having him at five. Sounds about right. He, he's going to be an electric player. He's the kind of guy when you turn on TSN at the end of the night, whenever sports comes back, isn't that going to be nice? Tuning into like Sports Center again. Like, what a world! Oh my God, I can't wait. And we are getting closer. We're getting so close, in fact, that we saw Yaroslav Askarov take the ice in training camp as it opened for ska in the khl timmy stutzla with his german draft eligible counterparts jj paterka and lucas reichel they're going to be back on the ice in a week as they take part in germany's under 20 camp they're playing in friendlies against the swiss team and jake sanderson informal skates at und by all impressions and that's uh brad sloshman he covers the the team for the Grand Forks Herald, great follow on Twitter as well. But he said he looked great out there. So could he be a potential partner for JBD? We'll find that out. We're going to be back soon because we are fired up to get into the top five. Later this week, you can catch number four on the Sense Central Draft Prospect Rankings. And we're going to be closer to NHL hockey. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast where we've got your team every day.